0: Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled Podcast. Tuesday, Owner's Stories Day. Again, it comes around very quickly. Uh, I know you guys enjoy this one. I always say that every week, but I know you guys enjoy it. Um, it's a great series. Um, I'm still really enjoying talk to, talking to all the owners. Man, we've had uh, we've had a great variety now. We're into number 44 today, and... Uh, it just keeps, getting, just keeps getting better, I think. You know what I mean? Not better as in the stories are better, but we just keep getting so much variety and, and so many different types of cars, different Porsches. It's been good. It's been good. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, last week's episode with Daniel, Dan, and he's 924. That was a great story. Um, it shows that you can still find cars at good prices. Uh, you put a little bit more into them. You know, they might only cost you 10 grand or 15 grand if you can find one and you put another five or six grand in. And you've got a great Porsche to enjoy. Um, It's not always about performance as we know, it's about the experience and that's what's important. So today I'm going to be joined very shortly. I'm running late. Um, I've been running around like crazy today, I have to say. I'm I'm in London. Uh, We bought an apartment and there's been a few issues and I've been running around trying to sort that out. So I have been flustered and it's also like, I think, sub 30 degrees here in London Anyone in the UK understands that that's a heat wave. Anyone outside of the UK is going, what are you complaining about? 30 degrees is not hot. 30 degrees, 29, 30 degrees in London, I'm telling you now, is absolutely stifling. Um, And I've lived in the, you know, I live in the Middle East part-time and, well, full-time, I should say, I have been. And, um, you know, I'm used to very high temperatures. And I'm telling you, this temperature in London is really, really hard to get used to. And I don't know why, but it is. Anyway, enough about the weather. Um, I've got two minutes. I'm going to get Pete on the line, like I said. Pete's coming in from Minnesota in the US. Uh, Pete's got a really, he's got a great story. It's a Porsche story and it's a story, it's not a story we've really heard before, but it's its an experience that other people have gone through, you know, and we all acquire our cars in different ways. We acquire our Porsches in different ways. Um, they all mean something to each of us. Sometimes they're a little bit, you know, not I'm not saying an unhappy story but it is what am I trying to say you know sometimes we acquire a car because someone else is is passed or someone else has lost that car for whatever reason or can't drive that car anymore um so it's it's Pete's story has has that part of it and um I think you guys are going to enjoy it Pete has uh, reached out to me quite a while ago it's taken me a while to get back to him um, I'm still doing the owner stories. Like I said, I am slowing down because my workload at the moment, uh, with the project I'm working on, which comes to a head in the next two months is getting really intense. Um, so it's really, uh, really hard for me to do more than, uh, to really record these in advance anymore. Um, I'm literally recording this one week in advance. That's it. This is next week's episode. Uh, I'm recording this one week before it goes to, goes on live on, on Apple and everything. So, I'm a little bit behind. I'm trying to catch up. There's quite a few people who still want to, there's a lot of people that want to talk to me. Uh, I want to talk to everyone. I'm just a little bit slow at the moment because uh, my day job is really uh, taking priority. But anyway, let me get uh, Pete on the line. Uh, Pete's got a great story. Uh, so let me get him on the line. This is Pete from Minnesota uh, talking about his Porsche-cooled owner story. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Pete has now joined me. Uh, Pete's coming in from Minnesota. Like you guys know, we do these by Zoom. They're done by Zoom. Uh, It's Monday afternoon here in London. It's a very hot London afternoon, actually. Welcome, Pete. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm glad that we uh, uh, managed to get this scheduled. I did cancel on Pete last week. I should tell the listeners, and uh, we've uh, rescheduled today. How was your weekend? I just want to start with that. Actually, I usually start with the other question, but I just want to say you were going to Road America. How was that?
1: You know, I've never been to Road America. And so it was my first time. I've got a friend that has gone, you know, year after year with his dad and his brother over the years and has always told me how fun it is. And I've never really been able to go. Um, you know, this year we said, let's do it. We drove a van down there and did some camping at the track. You know, there's nothing quite like being woken up early in the morning with someone blow drying the track to dry it off for race cars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a fun so, weekend. So is that a long a drive? Long one. Is it a long drive?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think how many hours. We broke it up on the way down, um, but it's probably six hours each okay.
0: each direction. So it's not terrible. A good road trip. Definitely a good road trip. Oh, yeah. So let's uh, let's get into it. Um And I kind of led into it in the intro that you haven't heard yet, Pete. I kind of led into the intro that this is a slightly different story than I've had before. Um, And, you know, people acquire cars in different ways. Um, But we'll, we'll get onto that later in the podcast. But before we start there, when it comes to Porsche, and I always like to ask this question with all the previous owners as well. It's like, when it comes to Porsche, is it something, is it a car, is it a... Is it a car, the 911 or Porsche in general? Is it something that you've you've been looking at for a long time? Is it something you notice when you were a kid, or is it something that has just sort of come into your life uh, in the last few years?
1: Yeah, I mean, cars cars just in general. You know, my my father actually is a plastics engineer, and so he ended up moving to Ohio from Minnesota. He's originally from Minnesota and worked for General Motors, and so. Um, he originally went down there to work on the airbag, a little thing called the airbag (laughs) for general motors. And, uh, so he was always a car guy, you know, he had, you know, every year, I think it was, you get a Corvette, you get a Cadillac, and then you eventually sell it to your neighbors or your, uh, your, your, your family members. And so, you know, I I always joke that sometimes like our family reunions would look more like Elvis's family reunion with a bunch (laughs) of Cadillacs there. (laughs) Cause my uncle would have one and my grandma would have one and and things like that so he was definitely an american car guy you know
0: yeah what year were you with the cadillacs and the corvettes
1: man his his corvette started in the 60s so he had the split back you know and then he's had an 81 and 84 a bunch of 80s um you know my dad's 75 he honestly just bought a 2016 uh vet last fall so he's continuing to stay in the game there so to speak um yeah cadillacs were early 80s you know i I was born in 71. So you start to recall the cars, you know, more, more towards the late seventies and early eighties for me. Um, but you know, he did that for a while. Um, and then moved, you know, my folks moved back up here to Minnesota and he's just gone on to some plastics companies. So not necessarily in automotive, but always stayed close to Corvettes. And, you know, for me, it was just, you know, my dad had a Corvette. So it was like the opportunity to be able to, you know, sneak a drive in there or, um, you know, your friends would know that your dad has a Corvette and want to find out more about it. And, you know, I, I wasn't really into it. being in a small town in Minnesota, you know, you don't really have the opportunity to have, you know, at least at that time, German cars, you know, the ability to get uh, a, a local garage to work on a German car. And so that kind of kept my dad away from German engineering. Um, but you know, there was a few people that did, right. So when you're in the, in the eighties here in the States, you see, a uh, you know red 911 it, you you take note <laughs> you it's know it's always
0: it's funny that everyone's memory you know uh, around the same time is always a memory of a red Porsche or a red 911 it seems like every car that was in smaller towns or in smaller in you know in smaller towns in the US or even in Australia it's always a red Porsche i don't know why that's yeah. the case but it always seems to be a red Porsche i guess it was a popular color doing the uh, during the seventies and eighties. So you're immersed in, you're immersed in that American car, American car culture, and your dad's own some great cars, right? Cadillacs and, and Corvettes. Um, so do you, when you start thinking about getting your own car, do you just borrow your dad's or you think, Hey, I'm going to get a Corvette. I'm going to get, um, some other American muscle car, or how does it, how does it progress for you when you start getting your license and driving?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't like get my own car right away in high school. I didn't get one till like college and you know, it was, uh, it was a stick shift, you know, it was a, forty Ford EXP, which is like a small two door. Um, it had, you know, my first car had, uh, didn't really have a, a parking brake, and it lived in a hilly area. So <laughs> I'd have to find some creative places to park, <laughs> but, um,
0: so you do that, you, know, I, you do that trick, Pete, where you turn the wheels on into the gutter, right? So it doesn't roll down yeah. the street.
1: <laughs> For sure. Or find a parking spot that you yeah. could, uh, it was nice and flat, but, You know i didn't really like have aspirations to get into sports cars um you know it kind of felt like my dad had that on lockdown and that was kind of his mo and for me it was i was always looking for cars that were a little bit more um uh, utilitarian for like skiing and snowboarding and carrying bikes around and things like that so over the years that's really where i put a lot of my effort was into that um you know frankly i started getting into station you know into wagons and sport wagons as of late um, that's kind of where I'm going is towards Volvo and stuff, but, um, you know, I didn't really have aspiration to get a, a a sports car. I didn't think it was in me, if that makes sense. I didn't think that it was, you know, a, a good fit for, for me because I just was, you know, a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little more, you know, more. You know, a little more down-to-earth when it comes to that type of thing,
0: you know. So you found you found uh, German cars like Porsche, for example, you found them flashy at the time, or you found them that, that your lifestyle suited other cars better? And I, I think what you said about the servicing side of it, about the fact that, you know, like you live in a town where there's not really any specialists to service a car, um, you don't yeah. see that many. I mean, th- those sort of things were in my head when I was younger as well. I lived in, you know, smaller towns. Um, you know, it's not something you really... Thought about buying because you just thought it was going to be way too expensive. Um, having owned a Porsche, and you probably found this as well, it's they're, yeah. they're surprisingly not that expensive to upkeep. So it's a lifestyle yeah. choice, isn't it? It's a lifestyle choice.
1: Yeah, it really is. You know, and it's like it just felt like I had a lot going on over the years. You know, when it when I think about um, you know having kids or getting your first house or investing wisely, you know, it just felt to me like it was too selfish for me to go and get myself a toy car <laughs> or a sports car, you know? And, you know, when it, when it came to flourishing or it came to happen, I just kind of threw it out. you know, threw those thoughts out the window, you know, why not me, why not try it? It's not horribly expensive to get into, you know, you can do the work yourself. Um, you know, I am in a, I am in an, an area that has lots of garages, you know, whether that be independence um, or whatnot, but there's a lot of people around that have Porsches that you can compare notes with too um i've got a few friends that are you know i met through bike racing and stuff and yeah. you know they've got porsches and so now we spend a fair amount of time comparing notes amongst each other
0: yeah i think and we'll get into your story now but i think the thing about porsche is is that the parts are quite readily available you know what i mean they're reasonably readily available a lot of people still work on 996s 997s even their air cooled um you know i've spoken to people on owner stories before uh like amir who is uh had the two cabriolets 993 and 997 he did the work on both of them um both of them you know the air cool being much more difficult than the 997 so you know it's not it's not a difficult task i'm not one of those people that do that i'm, I'm a bit lazy and i i can't be bothered so i just take it to the you know specialist um and there's probably like i think in the porsche porsche community i think it's probably 50 50 you know don't you think i mean i think 50 percent of people are like doing it themselves and maybe the other 50 are just you know they don't really want to do that but because of that, there's so much information, Pete, out there that you can actually do it yourself. There's so many things online and so many people willing to help. And I think that's what's great about um, great about owning a Porsche, actually.
1: Yeah. It seems like people want to solve problems, right? And they want to help each other solve problems.
0: <clears throat> yeah, exactly. You know? All right. So you you're not really interested in German cars. You're not really interested in sports cars. You're not really a Porsche guy. Um, and you know, this is where the, the sad part of the story begins. And I think it's best if you tell the listeners how it all came about. So not wanting a Porsche and then, you know, a year ago or so, wasn't it a year ago, um, you acquired yeah. One. So, so tell the listeners how you, how this came about of acquiring this Porsche and the story behind it.
1: Yeah. So like, I've got a, I've got a couple of friends and so my buddy, Steve, and his brother, Mike, were good friends. I met him in college. We were really into, like, you know, cycling and all the all the college things. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and uh, you know, they taught me a lot about, um, you know, European cycling and the, the etiquette of it all and understanding more and more about European culture, European cars, you know. My buddy Mike was really into cars. I mean, both Mike and Steve were into cars. Their dad was into it. They actually went to Road America quite a bit with their dad. Um, and he passed away some years ago, um, you know, pretty young, but the two of those guys kept going to road America and are good friends, you know, they're good friends They're brothers are good friends, both into cars, always trying to kind of, I don't want to say outdo each other, but competitive with each other and saw similar likes. And, and my buddy, Mike ended up buying this, um, you know, the Porsche that I ended up with and it's a nine, nine, six, it's a 2000 guards red. Um, you know, it has BBS wheels on it that are period correct, but obviously not the factory ones. It's been lowered a little bit. It you know, it looked pretty hot and he, he ended up getting that car and he, he'd been into other cars as well, like always doing car auctions and, you know, um, kind of buying and selling cars. And he ended up with, with this car a few years ago. And then my friend Steve, um, once his brother got that car, he couldn't be stopped. He had to have one, right? So he went out and he went out and found, a a 996.2 targa oh, really? okay, and um yeah so a 996.2 uh, the,
0: targa wow that's that's y- a rare one
1: yeah it is you know we go places too and and people uh it's a head turner because you don't see a ton of them right it's got mm. the whole glass top and yeah absolutely it's um yeah that car's beautiful so yeah. both had cars and then you know when i thought when steve bought one i'm like yeah you're trying to keep up with mike i don't know man is that really what you need is that where you should be putting your mind you know it's me being like (laughs) yeah (laughs) too practical and um you know but but it made a ton of sense after he got it he talked about how um um how reliable these cars are you know he gave me the whole ugly duckling story of you know when when water you know when when water cooled came out and the headlights and all that stuff so i didn't really know i didn't really know the background right of desired versus less desired yeah. yeah
0: sorry pete so you enjoyed some drives with him in that car you went on some drives with him in the car or not
1: yeah you know he's got one of those sea sucker racks we can put mountain bikes on it you know that that turns some heads when you're driving around town with a couple of mountain bikes on it too but uh we've done some drives we've done some road trips in it um yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I kind of got to know, and these guys are living in different cities, right? So Steve's here in Minneapolis, and and Mike was in um, in eastern Wisconsin, right? And and so I mean, the the sad part of the story is, you know, Mike ended up passing away last summer, right? It was a, a drowning off of a a pontoon boat. He was in oh, really? great physical shape, you know, and um, <sighs> you know, just a shocker, right? Shook mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of unanswered things you Know a lot of emotions with it and stuff, so like that happened last August, early August. Um, you know, and we when we went down to the funeral and spent some time in Wisconsin, you know, Steve's like, Hey, maybe you should buy Mike's car. And it to me, I just as soon as I saw it and as soon as he said it, it just kind of made sense in my mind that I was going to do that.
0: That's great. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's sad, but that's great that you you've taken. I mean the memories cuz you've been in that car before and and the mem- and the fact that you are friends with uh St- my- Steve is it Mike's brother Mhm yeah yep. you're friend with Steve and you- and he's got the 911 So you decided yeah. on the spot you thought I I need to have this car I need to have this car cuz it was my friend's car
1: Yeah exactly and it was like I mean selfishly I'm like hey man my wife's going to go for this um it 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 was one of those scenarios where you just you see it and it was it was just, it just, it just made sense at the time. It was, it was so incredible to see um, I got to be in and around it a lot at that time um, on that weekend. And then, yeah, I came back home and, you know, took a couple of weeks to to process it all and, and actually, you know, purchase the car. And then, so, you know, a little time went by and it was time to go pick up the car. And so, you know, we were going to a mountain bike race in Wisconsin and we took Steve's, uh, Targo with the, with the mountain bikes on the sea sucker and stayed at a cabin. And then on Sunday, you know, kind of on the way home, but a roundabout way, we, we drove over to, uh, Stevens point, actually Wisconsin, and met someone who drove it up. And, uh, you know, honestly, I'd never driven the car before and I was <laughs> signing the paperwork right. and driving away in a red nine eleven. 11 you know, it was really surreal. Uh, but the drive home was amazing. You know, Wisconsin roads are, are, rolling and a lot of fun if you do it
0: right yeah yeah so let's let's come back to that let's go back to the car um so tell the listeners i know you just touched on it before so tell the listeners exactly what your car is it's a 996 but tell them exactly the year color if there's any options that you know about now that you didn't know about before um as much as you can remember as much as you know about your car just let the listeners know
1: yeah so it's a it's a 2000 uh carrera two 911, so it's a 996. Um, has clear headlights, you know, not doesn't have the orange amber on there. Yep, nice. Um, it's guards red, you know, which is a real head turner. The paint's in pretty incredible shape. There's no like fading or anything like that. It seems like it's been covered quite a bit. So um, it has BBS wheels on it, which are not stock and are you know quite period correct and look good on it. And it's had some lowering springs to what we call the European right height, which you would probably get a chuck a lot. Apparently they jack them up here. Okay. Um, and then, um, you know, it had pretty low mileage. It had 53,000 miles when I got it. And uh, I don't know. It was pretty.
0: Sorry. Sorry, Pete. Do you have much of the history that your friend, like your friend looked after the car quite well? He actually had you know, all the history of the car. Did he service it himself or did he get it serviced elsewhere? You said he owned the car there's, for a couple of years, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was a few years. So, you know, the there, there's definitely some history I don't have. I mean, the car appears to have had a lot of owners. Um, the car originally started in Minneapolis here in St. Paul at the St. Paul Porsche Dealership. I think it spent some time in Iowa. Okay. Um, some time in Wisconsin, you know, so it's it got moved around a little bit. Um, you know, as far as like work that's been done to it, it had it had, had the IMS. Done and some other work done in Wisconsin at an independent. And actually, we saw the independent. I'm not sure the name of the shop, but we did see them down at Road America. Okay, so they're in, they're involved in the, in, the, in the in the in the community for sure. So um, yeah, it seemed to have had decent work to it. You know, my friend Steve, you know, knew, knew a fair amount about them and stuff. So knowing that the IMS had been done and some of the other things that you should look out for, you know, it's kind of nice to have someone that was already kind of there and already been through the shopping uh, for such a car so but yeah there's a lot that i don't know but it it it's in great shape and it doesn't seem like the many owners have abused it too much (laughs) if that makes any sense
0: that's good because you you know i'm a big fan of you know pre-purchase inspections and things like that but this is a different this is a different scenario this is a different story for you um yeah so you you know it wasn't really about how good or bad the car was was it when you purchased it it was more about that you wanted to have this car as as a memory of your friend and and to share something that he'd actually owned and enjoyed um so that side of it you were just thinking well the cost is the cost and then i'm going to enjoy it along the way is that how you kind of looked at it
1: that's pretty much how it went yeah i mean someone being a little more cautious would definitely get a ppi right everyone talks about how smart that is and if i was buying a car from Someone off the street, I would definitely be doing that. Um, but for me, it was people were familiar with the car, the situation. You know, it didn't didn't seem like negotiating or getting inspections was was really um, the route I was going. You know, it it seemed like it made sense for the money, um, and so I didn't negotiate much or or look to line up a p, you know, a pre-purchase
0: inspection or whatnot so you bought the car off his wife his family is that where the car came from i
1: did yeah yeah, yeah. and of course there's a little interesting paperwork story with getting the title transferred over right you need someone to, oh right there needs to be some legal paperwork in these scenarios and so was that complicated a little bit of a problem yeah it was a, a little problem at the dmv but you know, frankly they're a little on they're, they're a little inconsistent i went to a different dmv the next day and Everything was fine.
0: <laughs> that seems to be that seems to be a worldwide thing. If you have bad luck at one, go to another one and you might be okay, I, it doesn't, isn't it? It feels it, like that's it always, it's a yeah, it's a global it, it's issue consistent. that it, consistent.
1: Yeah. I um, walked out with the plates in my hand though and you know
0: <laughs> laughed it off. This is the thing about your car, and when you sent me the message on, on Instagram, it was like, you know, this you know, you hear lots of different Porsche stories, you know what I mean? And you hear them from, you know, people you know, collectors like Jay Leno or Magnus Walker. I mean, Jay Leno always has the stories like this, you know, where you buy this car off someone, it's a Porsche. Um, I think the, the one of the Porsches he's got has got this story. And, you know, it's like someone enjoyed it for 40 years, you know, then they couldn't drive it anymore. Then it was left in a garage and it was left to ruin. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Or someone's passed and then you inherit this car and then all of a sudden it's a car you don't really want, you know. But that's that's where your Porsche story begins, you know. And, and, and it started as sad, at a sad point the passing of your friend but then you know that the car has that story to it and the story that you know you, you're continuing by taking ownership of this car you know and the fact that you you and his brother are friends and, and and you're enjoying it together and I think that's what's I think all the listeners will you know listening to this now will think you know that's a really you know it's it's a really touching story and it's a really nice part of of friendship and and, and Porsche you know, Porsche ownership. Um, And I'm sure your friend is, you know, looking down and thinking that's just a, you know, he would be smiling knowing that you're doing this and enjoying his car. I think that's a really, a really nice thing to do.
1: Yeah, it, it really felt like, uh, you know, you're keeping in the family, so to speak, by, by taking ownership of the car. Um, You know, and I've, I've heard people say these stories of you're, you're a temporary curator of that car, you know, and, and you should take care of it as best you can so the next person can enjoy it. And so um, I've been taking that to heart. I've been spending a fair amount of time cleaning it up in a variety of ways and, you know, going to local shows, going to local drives, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the detailing image on your Instagram, and I'm going to tell the listeners now while they're listening if they want to go to your Instagram, which I have forgotten your Instagram handle. at. How do you pronounce that? Is it Borge or I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know whether that's French or it's not French. Is it? Fr- <laughs> no,
1: it's, no. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's 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 called a seven letter. At my company, they uh, oh, okay. they give you the fourth first four letters of your of your last name and the
0: first three of your first one. Ah, oh, on right, Pet. right. B O R G P E T. Yes. If you want to go and look at, uh, <clears throat> you want to go and look at um, Pete's Instagram. Sorry, excuse me. If you want to look at Pete's Instagram, it's at B O R G P E T Borg Pet. On Instagram have a look and you got some pictures of his car and his lifestyle and you can see the car and I'm you know I was going to say about the BBS wheels I really do like and I've seen them on other 996s and I think it was a common uh, a common choice well not a common choice but a popular choice uh, the BBS wheels and I think they um, they really mm-hmm. do look good
1: yeah I mean some people want to keep them fully stock I can totally understand that I didn't really have a choice when I, when I received this vehicle, but i mean people like when i go places people do point out the wheels um
0: are you, you tempted know? pete are you tempted to get a second set of wheels um you know my 997 when i got it it came with 20 inch Techard wheels which i've spoken about mm. before which were enormous i still have them yeah i, I could never sell them um well I, I tried to sell them but no one would buy them i should say um and i went back to lobsters are you tempted to get uh oem wheels for the car or are you happy with the bbs
1: yeah, I'm, I'm bummed I don't know what happened to the OEM wheels <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with the many owners. But, you know, the BBS, they're a, little, they're a little nicked up and stuff. They look great. You know, if I were to buy some, it'd be the Carrera wheel or, or the Lobsters. Um, do
0: you know what was on your car? Does it actually, do you have the option list or the codes that you know the wheel that was standard on your car?
1: You know, I don't know. I'm assuming it was going to be some of the twists that were popular at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: But... I mean, for me here, you know, some people will, you know, our climate and stuff. Some people will get a second set of wheels, right, with different tires, so you can, you know, drive on some, some snow and ice and stuff like that. But for me, I'm parking it in the winter. Winters are really harsh here.
0: Um, yeah, I've seen so, I've seen some images of the winter there. It looks terrible. It looks very cold. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I, uh, I'm storing the car in the winter actually next to next door um my my neighbor uh is into porsche as well and they go to california in uh in the winters and so i'm exchanging parking my car there for keeping an eye on their house
0: oh that's good fantastic so it's close by you can check on it what's even better
1: it's about 15 feet (laughs) 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 it's really it's really incredible
0: yeah all right so you you've got the 996 Um, everyone wants a 996 now. They're very, very sought after. There's so many events in the UK and, uh, you know, US and, and, and groups starting up about the 996. Um, it's become the popular model. It's not the ugly duckling anymore. Um, no one's scared of the headlights. Um, you're looking after yours. I can see the image on your Instagram, which was I was saying, where you're detailing it. You've got your blue tape and you're doing some full on detailing work. I like that. So what are you, what are you planning for the 996? Um, is there anything that you've wanting to add to it? Like, does it have a, does it have an exhaust? Uh, does it have like a short shifter? Is it, is it the normal long throw that's in nine nine six Carreras? What are you planning to do with it, Pete?
1: It's it's funny you catch me the day after I get back from the racetrack to answer this question or ask me this question. So, so sound, exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> exhaust. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's some things, things that I have done to it. it's just like, you know, air filter, uh, the, the stereo was, was awry. It, it, wouldn't accept cds um and it was the becker stereo you know and it it was pretty fried i didn't want to go to a big double den so i did put a single den alpine in it um toiled over which brand to get you know i wanted to keep it this car as analog as i could but still wanted bluetooth if that (laughs) might contradict each other but i wanted at least a a working radio and it didn't have to be too crazy it was actually missing two front speakers okay um so i had a couple of those put in just got it kind of up to up to snuff so the this the stereo would work but next i think you know i'm i'm really looking at fisters i think fister exhaust we did some on steve's car yeah. and it turned out pretty darn well for the money
0: fister's a great exhaust that's probably my
1: next one yeah
0: mm-hmm. and fister sounds great on the i mean i've got it on my 997 um but the fister on a 996 sounds pretty fantastic yeah
1: yeah that that's that's something I'm interested in, and like the um, the shift knob and boot are kind of fried. So I was kind of looking at at maybe refreshing that a little bit. I'm not totally hooked on it, but kind of kind of thinking about that a little bit.
0: Do you think your shifter is the normal standard shifter? The the normal throw is it a is it a short shifter that someone's put into it?
1: It's the normal one. It's the it's the long throw, normal one.
0: And how is uh, how with the, you know you said the IMS was done. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Was that done by your friend, or was done previous to your friend owning? No, it was done. It was done by Mike. Yep, it's done by Mike. So did Mike do the clutch yep. at the same time? Do you know if the, is the clutch was a clutch serviced, or is that something that's going to come up in your ownership?
1: You know, I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the paperwork again. It felt like they had done clutch at that time. Um, it shifts. It shifts pretty smoothly. My brother ended up after. <laughs> this is how it works, Michael. Is it? After my brother saw that I got a nine eleven, he started looking around pretty heavily and ended up buying a <laughs> buying a Boxster. <laughs> and he's and it his, his shifts pretty well. So I got something to compare it to. It's a two thousand okay. um, Boxster S, and so I've been able to drive that. It's a little bit different engine and and stuff, but be able to compare the two and how how they shift. Um, yeah, the clutch the clutch works well on this car. It shifts well on this car, you know, but. You know, my last stick shift was uh, nineteen ninety nine and a half Volkswagen GTI. So, okay, I took a I took about a twenty year hiatus from driving a stick shift.
0: <laughs> so, how were you? Are you a bit rusty so, when you first got in.
1: Oh my gosh! Maybe my kids should answer this. <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, they're, they're my kids are pretty young. My daughter just got her um her driver's permit, and so the concept of manual shifting for them is. Kind of mind blowing. It seems like it's a, a step in the past. Yeah. For why, I mean,
0: why would you bother? Almost probably. Yeah,
1: but I was driving with her the other day, and she said, "You're getting pretty good at shifting this car." So I'll take oh, that's, that.
0: That's good. That's good. So let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to the, when you pick the car up. Let's go back to that experience because you're with you know you're with your mate. You pick up the car, and and you haven't been into sports cars. You said that quite clearly. You 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 know you buy cars that you can use for cycling, for snowboarding going, you know, all those sort of recreational facil- recreational things. So when you pick up the car and you drive it, you're driving it back. How was how was the feeling when you were driving that car? I'm guessing it was quite, kind of emotional because it's your friend's car, but how was the feeling being in a 911? Did you think I've made the right decision or did you think, or, and did you think, you know, like, why didn't I do this years ago? How was the feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was maybe a little apprehensive even after I got it. It was like, what did I do? you know uh <laughs> but driving it obviously didn't um put those thoughts in my mind it was just man is this thing gonna you know is this gonna break down over some time is this gonna be a money pit you know but you know the more you learn about them and the more you you figure out that they're pretty bombproof proof cars um they're pretty durable you can fix things yourself um it doesn't have to be horribly expensive you know over time I started to get a little more comfortable with the decision to buy that car. Um, driving at home, don't get me wrong, driving at home was, was a blast. And you know, every, you have all the emotions of, of driving a sports car. Um, but just where am I going to park this? Uh, is it going to break down and it's going to be a big money pit story and people are going to say, I told you so. (laughs) I did, I did have apprehension like that for a little while. Um, but it just grew on me more and more. And I got to drive it for, um, I only got to drive it for like a couple of months before I had to put it into storage. Okay. Um, but the storage, man, it was almost like every day I was obsessed about the car dreaming about the car, thinking about it, you know, for the entire winter. And it was, it was hard. I mean, it was hard to, to, to put it away right away. Um, but I was apprehensive at first for sure, but that's long since gone. It took a few months and that, that's gone,
0: those thoughts. Fantastic, fantastic. So since you've yeah. owned the car then, so you've owned the car for a little while. So since you've owned the car, what work have you done on it yourself? Have you done any servicing work? Have you changed the oil? Have you changed any filters? Have you actually started tinkering with the car?
1: Yeah, so I, um, right away, I, I, before I put it in storage, I had to get the oil changed, right? So I found an independent dealer, um, a place called Courtney's Truck Service here in Minneapolis. Um, that's nearby. And I believe that he's a driver with the local clubs. So, um, he's not an all Porsche, you know, mechanic by any means. They do a lot of, um, trucks and things like that, but he, he's an enthusiast. So I took my, I took it there and they did it, you know, did the oil change. He did a little bit of, bit of an inspection and told me that, you know, things are looking good. You might want to keep your eyes on this or that. Um, and then work I've done myself was just like hood lifts for the bonnet, and I did we I what everyone the, the typical training wheels projects right, which is hood lifts, um, yeah. The marker lights going from amber to clear it seems yeah. like you gotta you gotta check that box if you're new to Porsche. <laughs> check the, um,
0: the strut the strut lifts on the on the front, actually they were they were gone on my car as well. I always thought the wind was too strong and it kept blowing the trunk lid, the front lid on my head. And then I realized. I thought, "Hang on, <laughs> why does the engine feel so stiff and the and the front feel yeah. so loose? Surely yeah. the wind's not that." Every time I, I seem to go out in the car and put something in the front, it would blow down. It was like, surely the wind is not that strong. It was blowing, but it wasn't that strong.
1: Um, yeah. but, but yeah, yeah,
0: that's a that's a first thing you always have to look for, isn't it? They're always they've always nearly gone on most cars that are over ten years, fifteen years old.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty easy one. And then yeah. um, I did an air filter in the in, you know engine filter. Um, I did the cabin filter did that make a
0: difference the engine filter did it make a difference?
1: Not really. I think that stuff's like you know it, it's like when you it's like a placebo effect of you yeah. know hey I change this it sounds way better doesn't it yeah um, I don't know if I could tell the difference but uh, for 80 bucks why not yeah pop yeah. one in there um yeah what else have I done? Uh, I've been finding various light bulbs my front front light bulb was gone like not even in the car. I think they probably took it out so it would not drain the battery. Right. Um, I've, uh, I finally found one in the engine compartment that there is a light in there. It was, that that bulb was fried, so I changed that one, but nothing major. I mean, I, I did um, the coolant cap, just because it's 20 bucks, why not? You know, that looks like this one has had a coolant tank uh, done on it. Right. Uh, but those seem to have a shelf life for most people.
0: Yeah um so how's the how's the interior of the car you said it was in pretty good condition are the seats um are the seats really worn the leather's very worn or the interior is in pretty good nick pretty good condition
1: yeah i'd say they're eight or nine out of ten i mean they're pretty darn clean i did go out it's black interior um they had fresh mats brand new fresh mats um i ended up buying some leather um know, leather cleaner and conditioner like the kind of two-part thing and so i've uh definitely cleaned the seats quite a bit and and conditioned them quite a bit to get them feeling fresh and um yeah i don't know other than 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 that and i did a phone you know the phone mount the renline phone mount that pops on there um you know just kind of the basics of your first year of ownership. You know, it kind of feels like I'll dive a little bit deeper. <laughs> uh, but I'm just kind of doing the, doing the easy things.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a simple thing, doesn't it? Cleaning the leather. But it's like when you first <clears throat> you first take over the car, even just cleaning the interior. I am I mean, I'm a bit obsessive with cleaning of the of the 911. I should stop. But when I'm with my car, you know, like when I remember when we first bought it, uh, and my wife helped me at the time, and, and we just literally cleaned the whole interior. And we did it with like, warm water and brushes and whatever and it looks so clean when we bought it but it's quite amazing how much filth comes off the car when you do that like it really isn't that clean and like you said simple things you know like new floor mats simple things like doing the leather seats with those sort of conditioners you do them a few times and the seats really you know the amount of dirt that comes off the leather and the amount of uh, it really does make a big difference and it's really just simple things like you said that uh, that make it just that make it your own and make it that little bit better uh you know to look at
1: Yeah, I've gotten pretty obsessive on just detailing, auto detailing in general, you know, I bought, you know, one of those polishing machines for paint and just a variety of products. And I don't know, it just, it's just like a new hobby. It's just like (laughs) something I can do in the garage that I can zone out. I've got a house full of of girls that sometimes you need a little bit of time to yourself out in the garage, you know? So it's definitely one of those, one of those types of projects.
0: Yeah. And that's what we all like about it. You know, the zoning out thing, washing the 911 is a great thing. You, you, like you said, you zone out, you clean it, you feel good, you know, you go for a drive afterwards and it, and it's, and it's a good, like, you know, a few hours, a uh, few hours in the afternoon and it just makes you feel much better. So you said in, you said that you've done quite a few thousand miles on the car already. Um, is that on, you've taken it on long drives or you, you've just been driving around your local area?
1: Yeah, I've done a little both. So, I've got my hometown's Winona. It's a South, it's a Southeastern Minnesota town and it's down the Mississippi river Valley. Right. So there's bluffs along the way and you've got some topography and, and you're definitely getting out of the, out of the city. Um, I've driven the car three times down there. It's a couple of hours each way. Um, my folks live down there. So I've taken the car down there and, and, um, you know, enough baggage for the weekend. It's mostly myself. Like I said, but I don't think my, my wife and kids haven't really caught on to the, <laughs> the Porsche bug yet. Oh, really? Not yet. So it's more. Yeah, it's more. This is more, more Pete thing right now for sure. Um, is your it, wife driving the car? You know, she can drive a stick, but she has not driven this car yet. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. You know, she has not driven this car yet. Um, but but yeah, I I've I've driven it. I've driven it on, you know a couple of rides with like the port the local Porsche club. You mentioned the Porsche and Pancakes guys. They were really welcoming. It was fun to drive with them, you know, spirited drive, uh, with a big group of people. Um other than that Yeah, so yeah. just
0: to um mm-hmm. sorry, just sorry, Pete. Just to tell the listeners, um <clears throat> Pete's gone on those drives up uh, Porsche and Pancakes, isn't it? Porsche and Pancakes. Um yep. so that's James at Order Amateur. For everyone listening who knows James, uh, from order amateur, Pete's in a similar area to um James, same region. And he's been on those drives that uh James has uh does James organize them I don't even know does James organize them or they organize through other people
1: yeah there's a couple it seems like a couple of guys organize that group he's seems like an informal leader for yeah. sure yeah um yeah you know Facebook page Instagram page things like that they'll post that they're having a drive and they're quite welcoming
0: So these drives, when you go, you've been in the 911 and, you know, being anti-sports car, do you really feel what the 911 is all about now? Like the balance? Because I know when I first, and I've mentioned this many times before and and listeners are probably saying we've heard this story, Michael, but, you know, when I first drove my car and I went on a twisty road on a windy road and, you know, being a Carrera 2, being a manual, uh, mine's a 997, you know, but just feeling that weight transfer and feeling it when you're in the curves and feeling that this car is not like any other car. And and the speed when you look how fast you can take corners compared to other cars and I I've owned station wagons you know Avant, Audi station wagons etc. Um, and just feeling the difference did you really notice that on when you first in the first few months of driving it was it something that you thought hey this is a this is a really great car
1: oh yeah I mean it it it's hard to compare anything to it right it's the weight it's 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 the instant response from the road to your body through the car, you know, it's just, it drives precisely and eloquently and it. The biggest thing for me is it's like, even at like lower speeds, you know, like you don't have to speed in a Porsche to make it feel like a sports car. You know, some people see those cars and say, well, how fast does that go? And just assume that you're, you need to drive fast to enjoy the car. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to drive fast, but, um, (laughs) It's 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 twisty roads, it's you know, average speeds feel very fast at a car that small. Um, it's the experience, it's just the directly from the road to, to the body, you know, and that that's what I noticed right away with the car. And it's light, it's incredible. Um that everyone wants to race on the road though. They see your car and they can pull up at a, a a pickup truck and yeah. wanna they wanna test you and stuff. There's just something about you know, guards red that attracts goofballs sometimes <laughs> that way.
0: <laughs> they all want to race you. Yeah, you're right. That is. They it do. is. Yeah, the not, that is about the 911 though, isn't it? It's it's the weight. It's the fact that you sit so low. Like you forget sometimes, and when you've been in another car, and then you get into the 911, and you realize how low you are sitting in the car. Like you really are sitting on the road. Um, and my car is slightly lowered, which you said your car was lowered, so you do feel like you're even lower. Um, but it is a great it is a really really great experience so you know someone's coming someone's coming to your region someone's coming to the u.s um and you touched on the fact about the drives before and about the pancakes drives and stuff like that but if someone's coming to minnesota where would you say you know where would you say you know if you can get a 911 or you can get a sports car or you want to go out for a spirited drive where would you say that the best place to take your car is in your region that's a good question um
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, like along the river valley or up north. So we've got like Lake superiors up in the Northern area of the state. And so there's a lot of just incredible views and twisty roads up there. Um, And then like the Eastern to Southern to Southeastern part of the state is where uh, the Mississippi river cuts through. Right. And there's all these roads that come off of the river and go up into these valleys. And so we've been riding a fair, driving a fair amount over in Wisconsin it's not far from here. Um, and that's where one of those portion pancakes drives was. Um, they seem to go there quite often. Uh, but I've ridden my like ridden bikes through a lot of these areas so you kind of get an idea of what the roads look like and it's great to go back with cars after you've kind of scoped them out. Uh, but there's I'd say the eastern part of our state really has some good twisty stuff with a lot of really good views.
0: So are there any road trips you're going to plan further afield in the U.S.? Are there any roads that you want to take your 996 on with a group of buddies or, you know, join a Porsche Porsche club or something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is, you know, there's, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by doing some weekend stuff. So after going to Road America and seeing a lot of people drive their cars down there and camp right out of the car, uh, we took a van this year, you know, with, with, with all our camping gear just so we could not not be anxious about our cars being there, but seems yeah. like next year driving the cars and camping out of them. Um and there's still time this year to do some camping. So I'm thinking about doing some sort of, you know, weekender. Um, there are some folks that are going out to Utah for um for this drive that um that sounds intriguing, right? It's Overcrest Productions, I believe it's called and they they're putting together like a rally okay. in Utah. It seems a little far for me right now, but I've got a couple friends that are going.
0: Yeah. Porsche rally or just different cars? It's a Porsche
1: rally. I think they probably accept, they probably accept others, but they're big Porsche fans. Um, So I've got two friends that are going out there uh, for that. And uh, to me, it just felt like a little long, a little long for me right now to go to to Utah from Minnesota. It's definitely a, you know, two day drive out there. All right. Uh, But I'm, but I'm intrigued by camping out of the car for sure. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for my next
0: trip. <laughs> okay, Pete, here's a question for you. And I'm sure you've heard, seen this guy on Instagram. Are you tempted to do what 996 road trip does? Have you seen his Instagram? I Are, don't know if I have. Okay. You've got to look at 996 road trip on Instagram and you can put the tent on top of your 996. He has the tent on top of his 996 Carrera 4S and he cabs I have him, seen and this. he drives it everywhere. Is yep. that something, is that something you're tempted to do? <laughs> I mean, have you got the racks for your bike? You've got the racks for your bike already, right? The the racks are on the on the Porsche or not yet?
1: <laughs> well, it's funny you ask. This is one where I'm hung up on, Michael. So it's like, <laughs> all right, am I porsching? Am, am, am I porscheing or am I biking? And <laughs> should I should I combine the two? You know, I'm a little hung up. I've been looking at the racks and I've got some interest, um, but I'm just not sure if I'm going to make the plunge, take the plunge, and, right. and and rack it out. I I like the idea.
0: I saw the, um, do I don't know if you've seen it, Pete. I saw the coolest thing on Porsche's YouTube channel the other day. And it's, I think it's for the Gran Turismo, the Taycan Gran Turismo. And they've got mm-hmm. a bike rack that goes on the back of the car and then like, it tilts and then it goes back up and they show you the, the girl putting it on, how easy it is to put on. Um, they really, really have thought about that bike rack. I mean, it's not, not a nine, not a nine 11 bike rack, but if you're into bikes and you look at that, you think, man, that's, that is really, really cool. That's a very, very cool bike rack to put on your Porsche. Um I'm I'm a bit keen on getting, and I've spoken about it in previous podcasts. And Steve, my um, host on the on the Fridays episode, Steve, the host of the podcast, I've been saying that I really want to get one of those uh, roof box on my um, 997 <clears throat> when I go back to Australia, um, because I've seen a guy in Thailand that has a really cool Instagram called um, Tenister. I think it's Tenister, uh, and he has a yellow 997 Carrera S, and he has the box on it, and he takes it camping and stuff like that. So I thought that was uh, that was something to to do. I haven't done it yet, but I'm thinking about it.
1: Yeah, just like a like a Thule box or a yeah, rocket yeah, box, toolbox. Like yeah, a Thule box. Yeah, yeah, box. Yeah, Tully
0: box. box on yeah. Porsche racks. Yeah, most people do it with the Porsche roof racks, which I think are yep. the racks that fit the 996 and the 997. So you get the Porsche mm-hmm. the OEM racks, and the yeah. Tule box is one box that actually is a perfect size. It's not the huge one. It's I think it's the medium size.
1: Yeah, they got a variety of sizes. Yeah, I run I run yeah, those. So you could do yeah. that
0: to go camping instead. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I run the, I run those in my wagon in the winter for. Snowboards and skis and all that stuff. And I've seen a couple of I've seen a couple of 911s with the with the box of the roof, and it does look pretty incredible. That would be fun.
0: Yeah, I guess it's good if you're going if you're going skiing or snowboarding and stuff. You could just take your Porsche on the uh, on your road trip. You can
1: put a ton of you can put a ton of gear up there. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. I don't know how the aerodynamics will go on the 911 though with that on the roof. It'd be interesting to know the weight, how it actually works. uh I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd be curious that's... about the sound. You
1: know, usually when you put those racks on, you get a little bit of wind noise, but I'm kind of used to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, do they do they howl quite a lot? I've actually, I heard that the other day, someone was saying that. Do they make quite a lot of noise, do they?
1: It just, yeah, you can definitely tell when you have a rack on the roof of the car that that it's catching some wind for sure. All
0: right, Pete, we're almost at the end. Um, What else, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we uh, finish today?
1: Not really, I mean, I, I want to thank you for having me on. Um, I've just been fascinated with the whole community, the whole culture, you you know, getting into it. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I was anti-sports car. I just didn't think I was, I was there yet. And, um, but when are you going to be there? You know, you got to take the plunge sooner or later. And if it's something you want to do in life, do it and don't look back. You know, you don't want to be, um, Letting things slip through your hands that are right there. I'm glad I I took the plunge to get this car. It's been a a, a ton of fun. and making a lot of new friendships doing it. That's really what it's about.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think you're right. You know, like you know, like you said, you were anti sports car. You didn't really, it didn't fit your you know the things you wanted to do with it. <clears throat> um, and you know, a lot of people on owner stories have been on owner stories. You either there's a lot of people that want the, want a Porsche. You know what I mean, and can't get there. And then have to wait, you know, 30, 40 years and they'll get it when they're 45 or 50. Um, but they eventually get there and they enjoy it. And then there's other people who somehow, I guess, fall into it in a way where they've had another car and they somehow come across a Porsche and they buy it. And then they realize, you know, once you have a Porsche, and I always say, this, once you have a Porsche, you never look back because you realize how how good the car is. And I know a lot of people look at 911s and say they look the same. We know that story, but it's the engineering that's gone in all over all these years and the fine tuning that Porsche do. And of course, Porsche have quality issues and things go wrong, IMS and all those sort of things, you know, GT3 engines blowing up, going on fire. These things happen, but in general, you know, they're a really reliable car. Um, And I was a bit like you two before, but when I thought that, you know, Steve, my friend, you know, he, he had one, he's had many 911s, thinking that the maintenance cost is going to be crazy and it's actually not that bad, you know, but you have to be, you know, and obviously for people that do the work themselves, they can save some money. But in general, it's not that bad. If you go to independence, you know, you save a bit of money here and there. So I think it's, you know, it's it's. I don't know. It's like European cars. Everyone gets scared of, but you shouldn't be that scared of of getting into nine eleven. The problem with the nine eleven at the moment, Pete, as you know, is that you can't get. I mean, I don't know how the nine nine sixes prices are going in your in your area or whatever, but they seem to be going up very very quickly.
1: Yeah, extremely. Like I'm guessing all of 40% in a year. But again, I mean, to me, it's not really it, to me. Wow, that much? It's that, it's that much for sure here. Um, but to me, it's not that, you know, it's like, hey, I could do well financially if I sold this car, but I don't intend to sell this car anytime soon. You know, but it, it does make you feel a little bit better about that decision. If I had any question in my mind, other than the pure enjoyment I'm getting out of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not about the money. It's about the experience. Um, you didn't You didn't buy this car. You didn't take on this car to make money. You took it on because it was your friend's car. You took it on to get this new experience, which you didn't think you wanted, and now you're really enjoying it. And I think the listeners will all, you know, will all love that story. You know what I mean? It really is, like I said, it started at a sad point, but it's great that you got your friend's car. It's great that you're enjoying it when you didn't think you'd wanted a sports car, but now you do. And it's great that you can share it with your your friend's brother and, and other friends that also have, you know, have Porsches. Yeah, it's been nothing but fun. All right, Pete, I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on today. Um, I think we'll end it there, but thanks for coming on uh, Porsche Good Owner Stories uh, and telling the listeners the story of your 996.1 Carrera 2. Right on. Cheers. Everybody enjoy Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Pete. Um, Okay, everyone, that was Pete coming in from – why do I keep thinking Minneapolis, Pete? I don't know what's wrong with me. From Minnesota. Pete coming in from Minnesota uh, in the U.S., uh, and sharing the story about his 996.1, like I said, Carrera 2, Guards Red, that was owned by his friend, uh, and he's he's taken it on and he's enjoying it to the fullest and enjoying the Porsche community. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks again, Pete. Thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast. That's it for today. Bye for now.